you're listening to Sit Down with Stand-Ups. I'm Marian Azizian, and this week we have a very special guest. You may have seen him on the very popular internet sketch comedy group called Dead Kevin, and his sketch group has also been featured on Tosh.0. Uh, he's a great stand-up comedian. I'm with Ahmed Barucha today. Hello. How's it going, Ahmed? Good, how are you? Thanks Pretty good. No problem. Thanks for coming. Uh, so, we are just talking about um, how your sketch group was signed with Comedy Central for a while? Yeah, we did like a 12 sketch little run with them on their uh, their website, their digital like series. And it just like maybe not going to do that anymore, you guys said? Uh, yeah, well, uh, we were saying like uh, it was really fun and uh, a really awesome learning experience, but it was like a lot more work than our regular sketches. Right. Because it was like there was more accountability and things like that. And so we were just like, oh, I don't know if we could do that with our day jobs because it wasn't like you know they paid us but it wasn't enough money to quit your job or anything right we were like we're working still <laughs> but yeah it was fun yeah. yeah and you guys when did you guys start doing the sketches uh, we started about I think maybe two years ago now. two years ago see, 2000 and uh, I guess 12 maybe yeah. Yeah. And did you guys actually live together? Or was no, we just... never lived together. We were just like friends through stand up. Yeah. Uh, we all did stand up together and we're all weirdos. So <laughs> we hung out to the side. And it was um, mostly in Jack's apartment. Yeah. It was yeah. All, Jack was kind of like, um, well, Jack uh, like went to school for film and he was like always trying to get us to like film sketches together because we all kind of did our own sketches when we were younger. And, right. Uh, so finally he just got us to come over to his house. Uh, Ryan and Jack did one like earlier in the week and then I came over and we filmed one and then we were like, all right, let's just do this every week. <laughs> so just from there, kind of, kind of, it wasn't like a lot of planning. Just, yeah. Like, we showed up, filmed one and then we're like, yeah, we could, let's just do this every week. And it came out every Monday. Yeah, every Monday. That's we did awesome. every Monday for at least a year, I think. And then we did the comedy, after that we did Comedy Central and then that was a lot of work. So we got a little like overwhelmed and we came back to our regular YouTube channel and we just did like every other week for a while. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. No, those early episodes where there's one where uh, I think it was this one was featured on Tosh.0, but it was when the roommates all get sick. Oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> I think is it Jack who yeah, gets the me and cold. Ryan have like cold, and then Jack's like, "Yeah, me too." And we look over, and it's just herpes. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's not cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, great that one. was an early on that one. That one. I feel like in the beginning too, there was just these like really fun ideas that we didn't really know. We slowly kind of started deciding what it was going to be later. But in the beginning, like, there were sketches like that that, like, were just kind of, could stand up on their own. Right. Yeah. You, you guys never lived together at any point, no? No, we, we never have lived together. Uh, recently, we went on a tour, and that was, like, the closest thing we've been together. And it was, like, we were, I think, like, we couldn't live together. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we just lived slightly differently. <laughs> right. No, yeah. just because I ask, is like, some of them are just so, like, true to having roommates, like, especially, yeah, like, yeah. college-style roommates, like, the... <laughs> Uh, what was it? The dish? Who washed the dish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that That's one our, cracks me I think up. Our biggest, uh, like, hit wise. I show everybody that one, oh, and I try to like get them to deck yeah. them. That's my favorite one. Yeah, I think that's one of my mom's favorite ones. She's like, yeah, I just really relate to the <laughs> dishes thing. Yeah, you're like, don't put peanut. Who put peanut butter on this plate? It yeah. turns into cement. <laughs> it's a great. That was girl. like probably for me the hardest one to not laugh because all me and Jack were doing was sitting, staring straight while yeah. Brian was shouting. But he would always, he, we didn't know what he was going to shout. It was just, he was making it all up. So, like, wow. each time it was like a new line. So, like, you couldn't get used to how funny it was going to yeah. be. Like, you just, like, bring up, like, the peanut butter thing. And you're just like, damn it, that's good. It was all just improv. Like, yeah, like, he might, like, we might throw him a line or something or be like, oh, like, I 
like maybe like be like oh, say like who made rice or something or yeah but for the most part he was just like in there shouting <laughs> and he was like shouting a lot yeah <laughs> like you really and, lost his voice at the yeah. end of that do you guys like the camera is there another camera guy in those early ones or did you yeah. guys have to hold um, it well, yourself the first or? two sketches we did it are ourselves but then uh jack had uh has his friend john hale who's mm-hmm. like this just genius uh that he met in uh film school yeah just as a amazing eye really understands our comedy it was the third sketch if you watch it it's like smoke break it was the first time we met with him and we went in not really having an idea and that's like kind of like what john's like so great about is we have like a half idea and then he films it and then we go oh yeah that's the idea because <laughs> like uh basically the idea was just hey what if like we're smoking cigarettes and uh we just don't know how to smoke <laughs> cigarettes and we didn't even have that was it and then john filmed it and just kind of like his, like, what he was capturing, you're like, oh, yeah, that is it. Like, he, he films it so well that you don't have to do a lot. Right. You can just do the dumb, simple thing, and he'll, like, move the camera in the right way to add a joke to it. That's awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes when John couldn't film, then my sister would start helping. And so she actually probably has filmed, like, almost half of them, like, when it, towards the end, because like, he was getting, because he also, like, does that for a living. So right. he would get busy, and he wouldn't be able to do it. So she would, and she's like a director on her own, oh, nice. on her own stuff awesome. too. So. so you guys are like super well connected with all these. Yeah, shit. yeah. And then for the Comedy Central stuff, like they kind of like both joined in. John, yeah. John and Maureen would help on set and stuff, and then we'd have like a couple more people from Comedy Central that were cool too. So it was fun. It was a fun experience with Comedy Central. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys like you guys will write or like just talk out like an idea, and then yeah, for the most part, for the Comedy Central ones, they're all written out. Pretty much every other sketch we've ever done has been maybe like a seedling of an idea that we show up and like like the dirty dishes one was just like all right uh, you come home and it's your turn to do the dishes and you're just like what the fuck yeah and we're just scared of you <laughs> yeah and then so that like but then a lot of times it's it's so it's just that and then we just kind of work it out we film it maybe twice look at it watch it and go oh it needs uh, it needs something else or or oh, no, that's enough. Let's just keep doing that. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. And when you guys started, was it just like, like, let's just make it once a week and be consistent? And Yeah. Were you guys worried about, like, how it looked or anything like that? Or was yeah, it just I mean, like... we definitely cared how it looked, but we would sacrifice that a little bit, unfortunately, to, like, John, too, like, because he's so talented. A lot of times we're such idiots that <laughs> he has to, like, work at, like, last minute, kind of, like... Right. Like, we forget that, like, we should tell him the idea sometimes. <laughs> Like, he's just, he's just, but he's so easygoing, and then he, he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, man, whatever. You do that, yeah. yeah. and like, so you'll, you'll realize you didn't even tell him the idea for the sketch, like, until I like, cap. It's like, wait, what is this sketch about? <laughs> so it's hard for him to, like, set up lights and stuff. Right, yeah. just like, we don't know what it's about <laughs> No, I can tell, like, it gets, like, the production quality, like, gets, like, better and better, like, very yeah. early on, too, like, yeah, just, well, like, right away. That's another thing about him and Maureen is they kind of, like, they're able to work well with us because we're like their dumb little brothers like, <laughs> trying to do something and they're like okay well just do this angle and we can light it from here and it'll look fine <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah no i asked that because i like i've always been interested in like sketch comedy and stuff like that and i was wondering like what would you like if you were to give advice would you say be consistent and just bang out as many funny ideas as you can and like worry uh, about the I technical mean, aspect of it I along think the you way should worry a little bit about everything and yeah don't just pump out stuff, but if you can pump out stuff, it's that's pretty good because then 
you're at least like constantly there so people are like oh yeah these guys but I would say that um, yeah kind of just think about it all like video quality does matter like to a certain extent like right. you don't have to make it like the best looking thing you've ever seen but if it's kind of lit well and looks decent it's it makes the viewing more pleasurable <laughs> right exactly yeah that's awesome um and you're also a great stand-up oh, i saw you a few weeks ago at the meltdown oh yeah thanks for coming that was a, such a fun show that was a great show byron yeah. bowers was there yeah. and beth yeah. selling was there yeah i got to like they let me like ask like people that i thought were like amazing to be on the show that's <laughs> all, yeah like nervous to ask like two people like that to be like, on, <laughs> like you know when you're like doing a longer set you right. don't want to ask people that are better than you <laughs> but i was like just wanted to make people on the show that i thought were so good how long have you been doing stand-up for i've been doing it for 10 years now. 10 years 10 years, wow. 10 years last month was my 10 okay 10, uh, month or anniversary cool and when did you start i started in college i was like an engineer major and i had already wanted to do stand-up like my whole life yeah when i was a little kid i loved watching like bill cosby and comedy central and dr Katz and oh nice all that like, stand-up yeah. stuff when you're a kid uh, like the premium blends and those oh, yeah. things like that. Uh, but so I never really had the guts. I was, I've always been kind of a shy person, even though I like acting and things like that. Just don't really, I'm not, I'm still shy so yeah. for some reason. And uh, <laughs> so just in college, I started working at a comedy club as a busboy and a dishwasher. Oh, cool. And that's kind of what work. I did. I was oh, a door really? guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like the best way to kind of build up some courage. Cause you, you see people bomb. And you see them come back. Right. And you're like, oh, they're allowed to come back. Yeah. And I always kind of thought, like, if you go up and you do bad, they're going to, like, say, That's you it. can never come back. Right? Yeah. But there'd be people there every week that would consistently be doing bad. And I thought they were funny, but the crowd wasn't that great sometimes. Or right. the crowd would be laughing at someone who I didn't think was funny. So it was this, like, great way to just, like, see that it's there is no rules to it. And it's just, like... Oh, sometimes you're funny, sometimes you're not. Sometimes they get you, sometimes they don't. Yeah. So that was good. I did that. I worked there for a year before I finally got the guts to, to go up and do it. And nice. once I did it, it was like, it went decent, and so it was enough for me to just go, yeah, okay, I could keep doing this. That's awesome. Yeah. And your set that I saw was, like, amazing. Like, oh, really? How, how often do you do, like, an hour? Not that often. Um, That's why it was really cool. Never in L.A. You never get yeah. to do an hour inside of L.A., because... There's just so many talented, good comedians and just not enough need for you to do an hour right. at my level. Um, so only like, I don't know, I feel like a few times a year I get to do like a full hour. Uh, sometimes I'll do like 45 minute sets, but there is a, just a difference. I think that night I ended up doing like 70 minutes, which was cool. Uh, I think that might be the most, the longest I've ever done. Really? Yeah, usually I do like an hour, I do the hour. Yeah. Like, okay, I did it, I'm done, great. <laughs> Is that enough time yet? <laughs> no, I told my friend, because like, I was just blown away, and I was, I said, like, if you break up his set into like five-minute chunks, this guy has like six or seven like TV spots. Like, oh, you could wow. go do Conan and like Letterman, Thanks. like, back-to-back. Yeah, back. Tell, let's tell <laughs> Yeah, <so. laughs> Have you ever, like, tried to, like, get onto one of those shows um, before? Yeah, well, I, I'm kind of like a bad uh, business person, but... Yeah, I, I think I should make, like, a tape and yeah. send it out. I, I, for a while, I was trying to, like, go do, like, the process of, like, Letterman and stuff. Right. And that was, like, really exciting and cool, but uh, kind of just, um, you know, didn't ever get all the way there. But, uh, yeah, you gotta, like, make a tape, and it's, like, hard to make a tape because you got to, like, make the audience good and then your jokes. Right, exactly, good. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, kind of uh, really 
not ever happy with the tape I make <laughs> send it to anyone. <laughs> well, I think you're really great. Thank and, you. Uh, just great jokes. Like, uh, when did you, like, when, when you were starting out and you were trying to, like, find your voice, did you kind of know what you wanted to do already? Like, um, was it like, because you do know. mostly, like, ever... observational kind of, like, just your own thoughts. And... Yeah, I guess I never, I always wanted to know what I was doing, but I never really did. Yeah. You know, it just kind of, you know, I tried to be like, what kind of comedian am I? But usually I ended up just being, think of a funny thing and say that funny thing. Yeah. And hope that it, like, starts all kind of fitting in the same realm. But I guess, for me, I just try to be, like, kind of close to who I am just as a regular person and hope that that becomes, like, a style right. <laughs> or something. But, yeah, I guess it's mostly observational. That's awesome. But I used to, like, try to do one-liners, and I liked writing them, but I never really could, like, make them fit with my other jokes, so I kind of stopped doing one-liners. Yeah. Yeah. And would you, when you write, do you mostly write on stage, or do you, like, write it, like, do you sit down and write ideas? It's oh, it's kind of evolved over the years. Like, I used to, like, only write it out before I'd go up, and I'd write out the whole thing. And then you kind of slowly, like, get more confident to just go up on stage and start talking about an idea. But then that kind of, for me, has made me lazier to the writing part. <laughs> so I kind of am in this weird zone where I'm trying to sit down and at least write down bulletin points or right. lines. But, um, yeah, so sometimes the funniest stuff happens just when you're on stage because you're actually in that mode of speaking to a room full of people as opposed to just, like, writing something down on a piece of paper. I remember so It's kind that. of like a mix of both. You kind of okay. have to, like, be disciplined to sit down and think out things and, and edit yourself, but then have a little bit of, like, courage to just say an idea and hope that it leads somewhere funny. <laughs> yeah. And you said you studied engineering in college? Yeah, I started as an engineer, and I did that for maybe three years. Three years? I thought and you did some theater. I did. I switched to theater. Okay. Uh, so I started doing stand-up in college, and I like was so much happier than I was like doing engineering. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is... So what I kind of engineering was it? Mechanical. Okay. <laughs> I was good at math and science in high school, and my dad wanted to be an engineer when he went to college, and like my family, my whole like Pakistani Indian side is like very like doctor engineer, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. That's easy, right? You can just do that, right? right. And no, so, Iranian. Yeah. So my parents are like that's it. Those yeah. are the only options. <laughs> so like I kind of just like yeah, and my parents were never like that like forceful of the engineering thing, but it was kind of just like that's what like is the requirement right thing to do that's right like the honorable thing to do yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta become an engineer exactly uh but then after a while i just realized that i wasn't passionate about it and i was not smart enough for it <laughs> and then just started taking acting classes and kind of told my parents i was going to be in a theater major and they were like no that's not good yeah uh, that's a waste of money <laughs> which they were right yeah uh, um, but uh i just kind of slowly was not finishing engineering enough where it was just like, okay, graduate with something. Just something, yeah, yeah just grab it. Finish those hacking <laughs> classes. That's funny because it's like, yeah, you're right. It's never like forced or anything, but it's like yeah. they only show you two or three options your whole yeah. life. So you're like, oh. Well, the plan always was like, even my mom, my mom's an artist, so she understands like the creative kind of need. And she was always like, yeah, you go to school, become an engineer, and that will uh, pay for your acting career. And it's right. Like, Wait, you can't. There's not enough time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
like because engineering it's like it's a full-time job and it's it's good money but you're working and you're that's like a 12 hour yeah (laughs) and acting it's like there's a lot of just failing (laughs) (laughs) you need time to fail (laughs) and what kind of artist was your mom she uh mostly paints like big murals and things like that um but she'll like back in rhode island yeah okay she kind of like she went to school for it in, in california and she was a i think a really promising young artist uh, she had like a really awesome kind of mentor that was encouraging her to like not have a family and just like oh wow so she kind of made that choice younger but she wasn't gonna like do full-time painting but then now that we're older she has more time to paint so it's kind of cool to watch nice. her get back into it and that's awesome she's very like artistic so we always are talking about art together and she yeah. understands like she's like the dead kevin's biggest fan she <laughs> looks at it as like art yeah like, she's like oh i love the way that you're creating this like characters and <laughs> you're all balancing each other and things like that which is kind of cool that's that so cool yeah your mom can actually watch and not just go oh it's just fart jokes <laughs> did you ever get into painting too yourself or yeah actually i do like painting i'm trying to see if there's one around here uh no, there's not. No. Actually, if you pull out that like drawer right there, I think there's some unfinished paintings in there. Is it? Or maybe it's the some other one. Scripts. It's the other one. The other one. I like. I'll like paint like uh. I see one for Christmas paintings. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. No, that might not be mine. But yeah, we have a few artists like just friends and stuff. Like that's uh Taylor Boss, the comedian. He's a really amazing uh, painter as well. Which one did he do? That uh, he did that little like one on the wall that's like uh, kind of an abstract. Oh, yeah. And then that one in the kitchen. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, like art is just, you know... Just in your family, yeah. <laughs> so you half of your family was really into art, and the other half was kind of pushing... Well, it's funny, because there's no one in my dad's family that's an engineer, like, in his... That's name. exactly... That's it's exactly what happened to me, too. Yeah, they're like, you like, should be a doctor. Like, there's are. nobody... <laughs> yeah. That's a doctor in our family. Where'd yeah. you get that idea? <laughs> yeah, my dad works in restaurants... His other brothers like hotels and that's so funny uh, restaurants and my dad's cabs. in the food business yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being an engineer. It's like, uh, how? How do you do that? <laughs> that's so funny. And then they're so like you know persuasive and they're yeah. like, oh yeah, maybe I should listen to him. Wait a minute, yeah. like he's totally making. They just have too much faith in you. Like I never had a good report card. Like, it's like you should be an engineer. It's like that doesn't add up. Yeah, no right. <laughs> <laughs> report cards. It was never like I came home like. Check out my report card. <laughs> it was always like, hey, didn't report cards come out last week? Like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, my mom always said, you got to be a doctor. And then every day she would take me to Disneyland when I was growing up. And I was like, mom, like, and then I want to be a Disney animator. Yeah. And she's like, you can't be a Disney animator. I was like, well, you misguided me. Yeah. If you want to be a doctor, take me to the doctor. Yeah. Or day. Like, take me to the hospital or something. Show me some cool doctors. Yeah, I know, right? So. Let's watch ER. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So, is your dad, your dad's from Pakistan? He came He here. was born in Burma. Okay. Um, he lived there until he was 16, then he moved to Bangladesh for two years, and then Pakistan for two years. But he's actually, like, ethnicity-wise, they're Indian, but they identify as Pakistani, I think because they're Muslim and they lived in Pakistan. Okay. But, like, if you, like, my sister actually, like, did a report once and found out we're Indian and told my <laughs> dad's family, they're like, no, no, we're not Indian. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, is your mom funny or is your dad funny or is it kind of like a Yeah, mixture? they're both. Um, my dad's really like corny, kind of foreign type funny. <laughs> but my, like, yeah, I was thinking about it. I get like my love for for film and theater from them because they both like loved movies. And like my dad, like, 
he didn't like everything, but the things he liked, he loved. Like, he loved, like, Pink Panther, oh, yeah. uh, Get Smart, um, Columbo. He liked any kind of dumb, like... Uh, Just um, detective, detective, kind of funny. Or he loved, like, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> or, uh, um, what's the... Uh, Steve McQueen. The red-haired... Uh, he's so popular. Everyone makes one of them. Conan has, like, the lever he pulls. He used to do that bit where he pulled a lever and they'd show a clip of the Texas walk his Texas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck he Norris. Loves that show. <laughs> he loves that show. I know, it's such a dumb show. <laughs> but then he'd have t- stuff like Get Smart, where like I would be like, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. And my mom like loves comedy, loves movies and stuff like that too. So like one of the first things that you saw that like got you into comedy was probably like what Get Smart and. Um. Yeah. Like I love Lucy. We used to all watch as a family because my mom and dad like. Well, my mom always said that was like them. Yeah. Because my dad's like Pakistani and my mom's Irish. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like this like, oh, that's us. Like the, <laughs> the white lady and the not white guy. <laughs> and he's got a temper and she's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's, my mom's side of the family's Irish. So they're very much about like being funny. Like that was like our identity. Like that was like, you know, we were never, we weren't from Ireland, but that was like the one thing we knew was Irish was like, we're jokesters. Yeah. We joke. <laughs> so that whole family joking. But my dad's family also, my mom always says my dad's not funny. <laughs> She's like, your dad's not funny. You get your comedy from me. But he always is joking. You know, yeah. like he's always corny and like always, he meets strangers and he's always trying to like say something funny. It's not always necessarily funny, but it is a joke. Right. <laughs> so he is always joking. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And is your sister funny too? or? Yeah, both. I have two sisters, an uh, older and a younger one, and they're both funny. And my older sister is more like me, and she's probably the most outgoing one. She's the director. Mm-hmm. She uh, she would speak for us mostly. She's like the kind of the ambassador of the, the, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's really funny. And then my little sister is kind of shy and quiet, but when you sit next to her at a party, she's like, always sniping with like really great lines she's really funny <laughs> that's so, yeah, awesome we all so, have a good sense of humor I, I love lucy was the whole family yeah and then later you got like the mel brooks and get smart yeah, and those yeah, things yeah. mel brooks and my mom loved conan and oh wow yeah she, it was kind of cool for like she's a pretty like um like innocent kind of naive uh like religious like lady that surprises you with like her taste you're like oh you like conan yeah like, are you shouldn't yeah so you grew up with late night with conan and yeah all that. yeah That's i awesome. actually remember like a huge moment in my life was like moving from california to rhode island and it was the same year that andy uh richter was leaving oh yeah so it was just this like and we were driving across country and i think I remember watching his last episode like in a hotel room oh. and it was just like my life is over yeah Andy's gone. In my hometown, and Andy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It doesn't get yeah. any better yet. <laughs> and then you moved to, you said Santa Barbara? Uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara. Grew up in Santa Barbara. And then moved to Rhode Island. Moved to Rhode Island. Years. Okay. And lived there for 10 years. Rhode Island's so. like pretty small. Like, was it a suburban town, or was it like... Yeah, I moved to like actually um, a small kind of town, like, uh, trying to explain it. Like, there's no, nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there was like two restaurants that were like we'd never go to. Or <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. were you like a class clown? Like growing yeah, up? I did kind of. That was always like my goal. Like even though I was shy, I was like, all I want at the end of high school is to be on that yearbook as the class clown. Class clown. <laughs> and that was another thing. When I was moving halfway through, I had like built up enough friends and freshman and sophomore year in California. I was like, ah, I think people know I'm funny. <laughs> I think I can get that. And then like 
moved. I was like, no, no way. <laughs> but luckily, it was a small group. enough town where uh, then people luckily thought I was funny and not just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was also annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I was the class clown and the class comedian. So yeah, yeah. a difference. Like I like to think that I wasn't the stereotypical class clown. Like, it wasn't like whoopee cushions. And like, yeah. <laughs> but I was like speaking out a lot when I wasn't supposed to be. Right. But it was just because I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you went to college, you did the, you worked at the comedy club. Yeah, I was in college engineering and uh, my sister was like, you should work at that, uh, it, was, it said like Stitches Comedy Cafe. And I didn't know it was a comedy club. I can't even remember. That sounds like every comedy, comedy club like, yeah. in the U.S. I honestly <laughs> thought it was, you were a waiter and you were funny. Uh. For some reason, I don't know why, I was like, comedy cafe. Okay, so what everyone's funny mean? there. So I applied, and I it was funny. I applied to be a dishwasher, mm-hmm. and I was telling the guy who was the cook of the restaurant. He was interviewing me, and I'm so stupid to be like, I told him I'm funny, and I love comedy, and he's like, yeah, okay, cat, well, just wash the dishes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, and then I realized, like, oh, there's guys that come in and do the comedy, <laughs> and the waiters are just the waiters. <laughs> That was really stupid. <laughs> well, did you end up doing, like, uh, open mic there at that club? Did yeah. you start there? It was funny. I waited, like, a year. I never told anyone that I wanted to be a comedian, except for that chef. <laughs> <laughs> the first interview? Yeah. yeah, the guy that was just like, whatever, kid. <laughs> and then everyone else just knew me as, like, the one one girl even called me mute, because I just, like, never spoke. Really? I just, like, would do the dishes, and then I, was like, asked if I could be a busboy, because then you're the busboy, you're watching comedy. Yeah. The dishwasher, you're not. You're in the back, right. Like, oh, that guy's the comedian? I guess I won't know what he does, because I'm washing the dishes. Yeah, but, I'll wash uh, this plate later. <laughs> yeah, when I was a busboy, I'd watch every night, and finally, it was like a year working there. I was like, I bet you they know me enough where they'll let me do the open mic. And I'm like, can I do the open mic? And they're just like, yeah, it's an open mic. Anyone can do it. Like, you, you don't have to work here. <laughs> working here for a year. Wasted a year, yeah. Like, I think I'm ready to go up on stage. Yeah, you just put your name on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and how'd it go, your first set? Was it, it was good. Fun? I invited a lot of, like, family and friends because I was scared. Yeah. And that's usually, like, a very supportive room. So I think I got laughs. I can't... I don't know if it was all because it was funny, but... um there that's was so one pretty joke confident, I still though, tell. to invite still friends tell. and family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if you fail in front of them, then yeah, you I hear know, that all the time. <laughs> I was so afraid that if I wasn't funny, no one let me do it, <laughs> and I invite everyone I knew. <laughs> what was the one joke that you said? Uh, yeah, the one joke I still tell, I think I told it in the hour. Did I do, like, a joke where I, like, caught a bird? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, a great joke. Yeah, yeah. it's like, basically I was talking about how, like, kids always chase birds. Right. It's like such an annoying thing why do we do it and then what would we do if we caught one and then the whole joke is just me hitting myself with the microphone making like a bird sound yeah but, uh, i always thought that yeah what would you do if you actually got that bird like it's yeah. just gonna go terrible yeah <laughs> like i'd never want to touch a bird <laughs> but i do want to chase <laughs> well yeah you actually have like a lot of like kind of like animal jokes yeah and, I, which I is love it's kind of like gary larson-ish kind of <laughs> like i loved the the fish jokes oh, like thanks. uh are you vegetarian too? Is I'm that why vegetarian. you it? I have tried to be vegetarian sometimes, and I, I, I can eat vegetarian. Uh, like I don't have to eat meat all the time, but I do like miss it when I'm a vegetarian. So I, I feel guilty about it. Right. But, but like, I'm like it's there. Other people are eating it. Uh, I'll eat it. 
Yeah, you just raised on it. And I love, I'm, my family is also a family of, like, chefs. Like, my dad's family, especially, like, Indian food. Yeah. My grandmother, Burmese food. Like, those two, like, things. My grandmother was such a great cook. And it was, like, really the only thing she did that was, like, like uh, to show her, like, affection mm-hmm. was food. So I had this, like, and everything she made had meat in it, you know. So yeah. it is this, like, just connection to culinary. Oh, oh, can get it. Should I get it? Yeah, of course. No, no worries. No. <laughs> that was just the mailman. Yeah. He uh, made me sign for something. <laughs> I thought I was like, I'm every once in a while, like, I have like all these student loans and I'm kind of just like putting them off and putting them off. And I just like, if I started paying them, I would just like not be able to live. <laughs> so like, I'm like, just a pile of being served right now. Like, <laughs> when he asked who I was, I was like, I feel like I'm never going to tell anyone that comes to my door who I am. <laughs> that's like, how you get served, right? Yeah, just live in constant fear of the yeah. mailman. No, I'm not him. Uh, I'm just visiting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You were talking about like how food was really important in your family. And yeah, yeah. That I mean, sketch was, I mean, that uh, that bit was really great about how like nobody cares about fish, you know, oh, like thanks. everybody will eat like whatever yeah. you eat, but fish always gets left out of the group. Yeah. And it's I like, just thought that was really funny. And, and the way we catch them, it's just like... It's brutal, yeah. But then I also, like, my girlfriend, especially, like, she's from Michigan, and her family is, like, huge fishermen. Okay. <laughs> so I even, like, went fishing, and I felt so bad because I had that joke, and I did, I caught the fish, and I was like, I'm doing that thing that I said was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, sometimes I'm a little hypocritical with my jokes. <laughs> well, the cat one surprised me, too, but yeah, I Yeah, I have in. cats now, yeah. yeah. And, well, because I do have a joke about, uh, when I first started dating my girlfriend, she has cats, and... And cats are a huge part of her life. Like, she lost her mother when she was young, and so and her mother was very into animals. So, like, animals are, like, basically their family. So it's, like, you can't ask uh, someone who, like, basically, like, that's their family member. You're like, can you get rid of that thing <laughs> that I'm afraid of? So when when just, did the fear of cats start? Like, was that just I childhood thing? No, like, my little sister is even more afraid than I really? am. Really? So it's got to be something. My mom doesn't like cats. My grandmother hated cats. What was it about them that, like... I just always... My picture was just that, like, they were going to scratch me. They okay. were going to, like, jump on me and scratch me. And, uh, like, even if they were nice. Because I, I used to hear, like, people would be like, Oh, yeah, my cat scratches me when we're playing. Or, or because I wasn't petting it right. It was my fault. My, my cat was, like, an abusive relationship or something. <laughs> and uh, so I just always thought that they were untrustworthy and they... <laughs> You couldn't read them. I can't read right. their faces, you know. Well, not like, like dogs. You can yeah, have no dog, idea what a cat's thinking. Yeah, because like a dog, if you're a, if it's a bad dog, you should be afraid of it. But exactly. you know like right away it's a bad dog. Right. He's like not smiling. He's not coming Foaming out of the yeah, mouth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he lets you know. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm a dick. <laughs> Don't come near me. The cat's kind of like. I could be a dick. Yeah, try, try your luck, buddy. <laughs> Gamble. <laughs> just walking around yeah like owning the place and now it's so weird like i still have a fear of cats like other cats but with my cats and 
Like, I think I'm actually now, if I, even if, like, like me and my girlfriend broke up, or I, I would probably have cats till the day I die. Now. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's something about, like, this, if it's a cat you know, it is, like, this, like, relationship you have with this, like, living being. And when they're night, like, this Bowie, the one that's walking around, like, she, like, is, like, such, like, a loving creature. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Now it's like I need to, when I get home, I need to lay down on the couch because that's where she'll come over and lay on me. So she, yeah, my cat just doesn't even, like, come near me unless yeah. I'm trying to feed her. The other one, yeah, the other one's afraid of everything. Rosa, she was the one that broke my fear, which is a perfect cat because I was afraid of her, she was afraid of me, so we were like, cool. <laughs> and she just goes outside and Bowie kind of stays around. Yeah, we let them out, but Bowie is kind of just, like, such, like, a needy kind of, like, it's funny, like, Rosa is my girlfriend and Bowie is me. It's so weird. <laughs> Like, Bowie just needs to be around you. She needs attention. She wants you to, like, pet her yeah. and give her, like, positive reinforcement. <laughs> and Rose is my girlfriend. She's just like, yeah, I'm fine. Just, uh, I'll be outside. <laughs> <laughs> and her name is actually Rosa Parks, Rosa right? Parks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd yeah, you name her that? Oh, my girlfriend. It was She had her before I met her. Okay. She, I think she just na- likes naming her cats, like, after, like, just, like, Prominent cool, powerful figures. people. Yeah. That, like, where it's kind of, like, I don't know, it gives them this, like, uh... Like, pre, like, coolness. <laughs> like, we're, our Bowie is David Bowie, not as cool as Rosa Parks, but... Um, <laughs> David Bowie and Rosa Parks. Yeah. <laughs> and her other cat was, uh, it was, like, Rosa's sister that died when I met her. Uh, was, like, Ella, I think Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, okay. <laughs> she just, like, likes, like, prominent black women. <laughs> you gotta throw in, like, little cat puns, too. Like, <laughs> David Meowie or, yeah. like, something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, right now you've been working in L.A. as a comic for... Yeah, moved here three years ago. We're doing stand-up here. So, mostly you did seven years in Rhode Island? Back... Yeah, seven years in Rhode Island, but three of them were spent mostly in Boston. Okay, wow, like, yeah. I think I did comedy in Rhode Island for like three years. Would drive down to New York a lot those three years. And I never would go to Boston. Boston was so close, and I just thought, New York City, that's like where you become a comedian. Or would you play like the cellar and like... No, I wish. I actually worked at the cellar as a waiter. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. I moved on up from Stitches Comedy that's Cafe awesome. to a, a waiter at the comedy You see place. everybody there, like Louie and yeah, Jim Norton and all those guys? the best summer of my, like, my life. That's like, so it was cool. just like getting paid to watch your idols. Yeah. And like, and also I never told them I wanted to do comedy too because it was like, I didn't want to be like the waiter trying to do the stand-up. Right. Uh, but, um... Yeah, I lived there, and I would do comedy in New York, but I would just do, like, bringer shows and just, like, shows that would never lead to anything. I'm driving three hours, bringing, like, you have to bring, like, five friends, you oh, get shit. five friends to come yeah. to New York. Like, What's the big one there? It's, like, Buddha Lounge, or um, I used to do the Improv there, which is okay. now the Broadway Comedy Club, and then Live at Gotham, or not Live at Gotham, just Gotham. The Improv it's, is not there anymore, though, right? No, it got turned into the Broadway Comedy Club. Broadway comedy. Same okay. building, same, like walls they didn't change anything except for the name yeah but yeah i used to drive down like three hours do five minutes and there was one time where i drove down and i didn't have enough friends and i thought it would be okay because sometimes they would let me do it anyway and there's not the people i knew were there and they were like where are your people and i was like oh Oh, no they didn't come but usually they let me do it anyway and they're like no you can't and that was kind of a realization i was like I wasted six hours of my life, three hours down, three hours up, to do five minutes that I could do yeah. anywhere. And then, so I stopped going to New York for a while, and then I started going to Boston, and Boston was this amazing comedy town. The 
comedy studios there. It's in Harvard Square. It's just like really kind of, uh, kind of promotes like trying weird stuff or smart stuff and doesn't, you don't always have to be like, uh, this like machine gun of a, like a performer. All the kids from college from Harvard will go there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. great. You can like do jokes about something that's like maybe a little bit more thoughtful. You can be like a machine gun. Is it like a hip maybe. crowd? Like, yeah, they're hip and, and the host owner, uh, Rick Jenkins is this really like, uh, guy that just loves comedy. He loves his club and he tells the audience, you know, we have interesting, weird acts here and smart crowds. So yep. it kind of cultivates itself to be like, cause I remember the first time I did a show there, he was telling the audience, like, we have smart crowds, we have smart crowds, and, and I went up to him after, I was like, oh, this is great, man, the audiences are really smart, and he was like, yeah, are they that because I, I tell them that, or, you know, so it's kind of, like, cool, it's right? Like, like, they were, it was in a smart place, but then he would also remind them, like, you guys are smart, Yeah. so they would be willing to be like, yeah, we are smart, and so you'd t say a joke that's, like, maybe more thoughtful and less, like, uh, just, like, pounding them over the head right. with it. And they would laugh, and I was like, awesome. not sure if it was because they were from Harvard <laughs> or just because they were like, we're in Harvard, let's be smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. no hecklers or anything. Yeah, like rarely ever hecklers, and he always would like encourage you to like work on like a tight five minutes. Yeah. Know? So it was kind of cool. It was like this person who was like pushing you towards. Us. He would. He kind of like was a good mentor. He'd tell you like, think he was like, know what you want. You know, if you want to work the road, work the road and do the road. But if you want to get on TV or something work on five minutes or something like that. five minute sets and yeah and it was kind of hard to choose because you want to do both you want to be like funny in the room you want to be able to be funny for an hour right but you also want people to let you be funny for an hour which sometimes takes tv credit <laughs> exactly yeah so you you're doing like little five minute sets at these open mics and yeah did it turn into like 15 minutes and stuff yeah in boston soon? and rhode island you can do like longer sets so it's kind of cool when you start not in la or new york and i don't i didn't start here so i don't know if it's if if I'm just not thinking you can do that, but when you start in a smaller city, you're able to do 15 minutes earlier. Like right. first year you're doing comedy, people are just letting you do 20 minutes. It's not good, but uh, you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you're stretching your legs, as opposed to like here where it's like you're doing two minutes, at right. three minutes open mics, and if you're not funny in those three minutes, like don't try to get on the show that the person uh, maybe like you know oh there's a comedian who books a show. I better be, like, the best three minutes of my life. Right. And even if you are funny, they're like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As opposed to, like, Rhode Island, where there wasn't a lot of young comedians. It was mostly older guys. So older guys would look at you and be like, oh, okay, you're a fun young kid. Here, come and do, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a little Stretch bit Stretch out your material a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, faith in, like, younger people. Right. But. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, I started in San Francisco and, like, Great first comedy city. Yeah, it's great, and you could try out, like, whatever you want, be weird, and, like, the yeah. audience is totally into it, but the first, like, coffee shop I played, the guy's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, you just go up, there's the mic, and just pick it up and do your set, and I was like, okay, cool, and I'm like, it's like three minutes, right, three and a half minutes, because I was used to, like, meltdown, yeah, and, like, yeah. it's like, oh, no, you have ten minutes. Yeah, it's like, what? Like, I don't even <laughs> know that many jokes. Like, I can't even, like, copy that yeah. many jokes from other comedians. <laughs> like, there's no way. That is the great thing about somewhere like New York or LA, or probably even sometimes San Francisco, where maybe it's a little bit more rational, where it's like, no, try three minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, when, after, when I first moved here, I hated that it was like, I hated that I couldn't get up for more than like three minutes or five minutes. Or, right. I was just like, ah, how am I going to like do anything? But then it really did make me realize like, there's too many people here. Why, If we all did five minutes, 
we'd never go home. Right, yeah, <laughs> go to like four in the morning. Yeah, so it was kind of cool to move here and to be forced to be like, think about how to be funny briefly. Yeah. So when you came here, did you have to kind of have to start again and yeah, get those three-minute sets? Yeah, so I was about like seven years in when I first moved here. And did you start at like Comedy Store? And I, I really kind of started more in the alt scene, like with more of the open mics and like uh, um, the bars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, I actually didn't go to the Comedy Store until like a year in because it was very intimidating there. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm, again, I was always shy. And when you're there, there's a lot of like kind of like meanness yeah and now i i like the comedy store but there was a while where i was just like i don't want to be get my feelings hurt (laughs) i just don't i don't want to like put myself in a place where someone's gonna be like hey you sucker or like just like put you down it feels like high school yeah it's so weird like scared (laughs) so like i was like doing the like alt scene and stuff like that for a year because it's a little bit more supportive still still anywhere you go is not totally supportive but Mm -hmm. like it's a little bit less like uh punching you in the nuts right uh, like giving you a swirly (laughs) but uh but the comedy store is great and it it does have some really amazing comedians and it's just like place where people go Mm -hmm. like the alt scene is really fun and i love it and you're but you're performing to like people who love comedy Mm -hmm. and that's fun and i don't ever want to stop doing that but then it does make you forget what like the average person laughs at right because a lot of times i would when i first moved to la i'd be doing these open mics for like a whole year and just making other comics laugh which to me like is one of the best feelings to make a room full of comics laugh because they have laughed, they've laughed out their whole lives. They've heard they've every joke. Yeah. yeah, they've thought about comedy too much, so their average joke's not going to make them laugh. Right, you got to like come up with a better line or like more specific of a situation or something. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But then sometimes you do that for a whole year, and then you go out on the road and you're dark or something, or you're talking about how much life sucks or why are we <laughs> why are we here at a comedy show? Yeah, and the audience is like what? We're not supposed to be liking this? <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm performing to people who hate hate this or love this. And like, it's their curse just right. across to bear. As opposed to like someone who's like, uh, my life sucks. So I'm going to go to a show where they, they promise that you'll make you laugh. <laughs> and I get up and go, oh, well, what's the point, right? <laughs> so yeah, the Comedy Store is a great finally like place to like go and perform for like the average person that's like a tourist or something right it's like maybe not gonna just like give you the love that you're hoping for but will allow you to go oh that works in most places now right that show will work in front of this person and that person no i know that crowd is like probably one of the most like i feel like honest crowds like oh, yeah. down in la the especially comedy comics, especially yeah. like late night when they're just like yeah. you know the drunk drivers just sitting in the crowd trying to sober up and totally. you know those guys will like sit through everything but uh it's intimidating like i it went is. there the first you know few weeks and you sign your name out of like 60 comics they picked 10 yeah it's like why did i drive out all the way out of here for yeah. it just you, you really feel the um and it's very like fraternal like there's yeah. just a lot of like buddies and cliques already like mm-hmm. dang like yeah because it's like the the number one place that you think of when you first move to LA, you're like right. Comedy Store, uh, Comedy Store, Laugh Factory, Improv, you know. But like Comedy Store was the one where it's like has like those old stories where it's like that's where David Letterman and those everyone fought to get paid, and yeah, where every great Andy Kaufman. I mean, they've all been to all the clubs, but so for some reason that club it's got three rooms, and it's like you know just a place to be reckoned with. I mean. Right. No matter what, no matter who's running it or what's happening, it's 
great location, three rooms of comedy, and whoever's performing there, at least it's like three rooms of simultaneous comedy. Exactly, yeah. Because I started, started, I avoided it for a while because I was afraid because it was like, I didn't want to go into the locker room and get made fun of. Right. You know, I didn't want to like... That's exactly how it feels, Get too. naked in the locker room. <laughs> That's basically what it is. It's like getting naked in the locker room. Right. Where people are all like snapping each other's towels <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't want to get hit by a towel. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to not care, but I just don't like getting hit by towels. <laughs> but yeah, then finally I went and like... Uh, was comfortable enough where they then I felt like they noticed that I was funny and they give me spots now there so I perform there too nice but I still love going to like melt like doing the hour at meltdown it's like nowhere better to like do an hour where you know the audience is going to appreciate like the subtle nuances of like a joke or something super hip crowd too like yeah. I love uh, especially that one bit you did with the I, I can't believe I've never seen I've seen like at least 300 or like more comics while I was working at the comedy club mm-hmm. but that bit you did with the recording of your oh, own voice wow. and it's kind of like your own thoughts and the you're Link, just sitting the, there the Lincoln bit. the Lincoln yeah, bit thanks that was the first time I did that whole piece I feel like it's kind of a long weird piece that it's so great that everyone yeah. and I'm like how come nobody's ever like utilized that like oh, technology nice. before you know? yeah I actually recorded it like that morning too that's like, awesome. uh, in my iPhone <laughs> that's <laughs> something like, I feel like Kaufman would do like if he was oh, still yeah. around they had like you know iPhones and recordings nice. and stuff yeah like that was uh, I don't always like let myself be that weird or take a weird risk or be as not just tell jokes into a microphone. But I thought it was great. And then you were kind of saying, like, you know, you're trying to fill the hour, but I thought it was, like, a perfect, like... Yeah, you know what? That was, like, the best, for me, the most fulfilling part of the hour was cause doing that. Because I was the most scared about that. Yeah. Because there was... There's probably, like, maybe four minutes where I'm just silently being on stage <laughs> making, like, a, a little face or moving my hand. Right. And there's titters and laughs, but you're like, I've done the bit before, but I didn't have the recording. Mm-hmm. The recording was like, I think what made it now is like, it lets me to, to finish it. Cause yeah. like, I used to just be like, basically the joke for people listening is like, um, like I'm so enthralled with my cell phone now. I just don't, I can't think of like what you would do in your house, like without it, like all day or, or TV or like, and so I just kind of think back to like. Abraham Lincoln, like, the president, like, you know, most powerful man in the world at that time. What did he do, Right. like, when he would go home and just kind of sit and stare for, like, four minutes for most of it? <laughs> and then at the end, like, a voiceover comes in of his thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that was brilliant. Like, it's just perfect. And it really showcased, like, your acting ability oh, and nice. everything. And, like, you don't see that at home. I don't feel like that often. Yeah, that hour allowed me to try that out. Because I felt like if I lost everyone... It's only like six minutes. Right. Um, you can come back yeah, from it. Yeah, and I put it right in the middle. Like, <laughs> if I, I'll gain their trust, lose all their trust, <laughs> and then gain it back. But it was kind of like, that was like, to me, the most memorable part of it. Yeah. No, I appreciate because like, you do a lot of just kind of like, uh, well, I feel like your whole set was just like a mixture. You have, you know, little one-liners here and there sprinkled throughout, but then you also have like sort of abstract ideas, like the Lincoln bit, or you did a your favorite book when you were a child. Oh, what yeah. Was the name of oh, book? there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Yeah, yeah. and you just read the whole book, and you <laughs> kind of broke it down, and you're like, why did I think this was a good <laughs> book when I was a kid? Yeah. And there's just, like, stuff like that that I just thought it it makes it all, like, sort of into a well-rounded... And then you right. said you went to theater, so I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy yeah. knows, like, how... Well, yeah, like, I an think, arc like, of a story especially works with, like, stuff. an hour of, like, time, because uh, a lot of times I am, like, a very, like, maybe traditionalist, where I'm like, stand-up, I just want to, like, 
be really simple and tell my jokes. I don't want to always have to like break the fourth wall or so like but when you have an hour it's kind of right. like nice to be able to like just tell some jokes but then like give people a break from that do like a weird like like little one man show yeah and then uh and jump around the stage a little bit but then be quiet yeah but, i don't know i saw like maybe like steven wright where he does the guitar and yeah because like yeah. i was remember like going into i love him and i listened to his albums and i was like man i can't what, what is he gonna do for an hour and he only tells like He's really cerebral, but he did a lot of stuff with that time. Like he even had like four mics set up on the stage. Oh. He would just walk to a different mic. Really? Even that was like a change of pace. Right. It was like he's telling these one-liners that are brilliant, but like for an hour, that's gonna hurt your brain. You know, it's just right. like brilliant, 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 brilliant. <laughs> You're like, uh. But then he would just like take a pause, walk to another part of the stage. And I don't know, watching that made me realize, like, no matter what you do for an hour, like, you gotta just, like, switch it up a little bit. Yeah. That guy's, he's a Boston guy, too. Yeah. Did you ever see him at the cellar? I, when I went to, like, watch him, paid tickets to him, I've never, like, I've never gotten the, like, chance to just, like, run into him. No, he's great, too. And you remind me of, like, his just, like, there's just scenes, kind of, in between the jokes. Yeah, he, he even does act-outs, which is, like, cool, and they're, they're, like, really subtle, which is cool. I don't think an act out always has to be like Jim Carrey slamming your... Like, and I love Jim Carrey. Right. It doesn't always have to be that. It could just be like, like just grabbing a glass in midair and sipping it. Yeah. And it, it, it adds... It just paints a picture. Exactly, yeah. And it, it, yeah, it gives you something to look and at. And it gives you a break from laughing yeah. that long, you <laughs> yeah. know? Stephen Wright can kill for an hour, yeah, so it's like pretty rough to watch the whole way. Um, so now, uh, do, you, do you... I mean, do comics like hang around like and watch other comics like after you've been doing it for 10 years or do you kind of like just hang out in the green room or uh it's like it kind of mixes i think uh sometimes comics we're all very sensitive and i think sometimes it can hurt our feelings if another comedian doesn't watch us Mm -hmm. but i've gotten to the point where i love when comedians stay in the room and want to watch my set but i also understand it's like there's thousands of us right and to watch all of us is kind of asking too much of each other. So I think it's good to support people, and I totally encourage that. But I also think it's, like, it's okay to, like, let people not watch you because it's not right. their job, to, yeah. you know? So there's this weird balance, especially moving to a big city like this. It's, like, there's you so need much. to be polite, and if someone watched you and you're an open mic, there's only five of you, watch them. Watch yeah. each other. But, like, once there's, like, an audience there, nice to watch each other and you should watch comedy because you should know what everyone else is doing but you're allowed to like live your own life (laughs) so yeah i try to find a balance between that because watching too much will burn you out and you just you don't find anything funny right or sometimes like you're writing and you're like oh wait this is that guy's joke yeah too similar that's that's another subconscious we'll just go back it sucks yeah yeah like there's so much comedy now where it's like everyone's talking about everything so right in a way you're like oh he talked about potatoes can i talk about yeah but I I eat potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of potatoes. Yeah, it's like really scary too, because like people like because of like that like Carlos Mencia stuff. Like people, right. there was like this like kind of like wave of like witch hunting, and like I've always been like just do your own jokes, don't steal anything. Like I don't find the pleasure in that. Mm-hmm. But like now the internet, like people will put clips up of like your stuff, like even stuff you weren't planning on putting up, and people will be like, you stole this, you stole that. Right. They're like, oh god, it's so overwhelming. I just want to like. You know, it's like, I look at it as art, too, and it's like, you paint a picture, you know, and 
like I paint a tree, you paint a tree, and it's like I didn't see your tree, I didn't try to copy your tree. Right. I, I saw a tree and I wanted to paint a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's this weird. There, it's becoming this like cool, like kind of interesting evolution of like comedy because it's all out there. Now. Right. It's all on YouTube. It's all easy to access, and it's like there's a guy in Seattle that talks about chickens. And you talk about chickens, and you're like, oh, but yeah, I don't know that guy. that's why no that's what i like about like your comedy is like very specific to you and like i feel like now if you go to like a comedy club and when i was working there there's a lot of topics that just float around that are kind of like you know public domain like everybody talks about tinder or like everybody talks about it's life experience email passwords being too long (laughs) or whatever it is and you know you don't even see it sometimes like it'd be like a 10 comic lineup or something and some guy would come out and tell a joke that it kills, you know, like about Tinder. Yeah. But some guy had already had said it before. Yeah. So the crowd like doesn't laugh. It's like, oh, yeah. did somebody already said that. Joke? Yeah, it's like, important whoops. to at least know the trends. You right. Know, kind of know, like, so it's weird. You want to watch everyone because you don't want to just like burn yourself out, but you do want to pay attention to be like, what's the hot topic this week? Am I treading on territory that everyone's treading on? If so, you can still talk about that thing. Like, you still have a funny Tinder joke. Just listen to what the Tinder jokes are. As long as your own like yeah. perspective, yeah. You know, because you kind of have to, especially when you get, like, bigger, I feel like if you're, like, you know, Chris Rock or someone, like, Chris Rock has to talk about what's happening. Right. has to. And so do a lot of other comedians. So it's, like, if Tinder is what's happening, it is where our world is going. Everyone I know that's single is Tindering. Exactly. They're constantly on their phone, Tindering, Tindering, Tindering. To not acknowledge that is also, like, kind of being, like, you're not watching the world. Right. But you don't want to just be the sixth guy to be like Tinder, Tinder. <laughs> it's hard yeah yeah who are some of your like uh like contemporary like favorite that you like around oh like up and coming guys yeah just um well ryan and jack like are really freaking awesome you know like i got to go on tour with them and you guys were east coast tour like last month in july yeah we went to new england where we're all from nice. uh, and we did like five shows and they were all really fun and, and like uh it was cool they don't always get to see each other do stand-up and i really feel like they're both, like, just getting so funny. Like, they already were funny, but, like, I haven't seen them in a while, and it was, like, fun to watch them, like, just kill. Yeah. And, uh, but so they're amazing. Um, Richard Bain, that's in oh, the sketches, yeah. too. He's so funny. Ron Funches. Oh, just, I love like, Ron Funches, yeah. Like, gonna be, like, just one of the best of all times. He I was think. in one of your Comedy Central yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he uh, did, like, uh, our Comedy Central one, and, I was so happy that he said yes, you know? Yeah. Like, you you try to ask people that are busy and have so many things on their plates. Right. Like, Will you do this thing for free? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, that's awesome. So cool. yeah. yeah, he's so funny. And he actually, my sister just filmed a movie and he, she cast him in it. And uh, it's like a short, like 15 minute thing. Yeah. Or no, 12 minute movie. And he was so good in it. Like, it was different from the stuff they think he's normally done. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool to see, like, He's just a really good actor and yeah. got a great brain. Him and Matt Bronger were the stars, and Matt Bronger was oh, great. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's another really funny guy. I love watching, like, Hannibal Burris. Oh, uh, kills yeah, me every like, time. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> the guy that comes to L.A. every once in a while, and you're like, oh, God, I get to see <laughs> yeah. this, like, guy that's, like, just in the zone right now. Right. He's, like, one of the best ever. I feel like he's, like, one of the best ever, and he's in his own zone. It's, like, this might be, like, his best time properly, you know? Like, yeah. It's like seeing, like, you know, just, like, a great comedian, like, when they're still young. And, right. Like, 
Steve Killing Martin. Him. Like, yeah, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin time. Like, when he, like, found the arrow. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> he put the arrow on there. Like, I saw the first time he did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Roy Scoville. Oh, yeah. Kyle Kinane. Those are, like, bigger, easier guys to say, but they're still, like, amazing to watch. Right. And who are some of your, like, favorites? Like, when you... You said Bill Cosby was one of your... Bill Cosby, yeah. I think he's... I've seen him three times, and it's just amazing that he can do so little for three hours. He still kills. It's still amazing. Kills, like, yeah. he doesn't even sip water. He'll just yeah. talk you straight. You can't tell, like, if it's written or if it's... Cause I went and saw him for three hours, and I thought for first, I was like, he's getting old, and he's kind of rambly. And yeah. Kind of, you know, sitting in his sweatpants. <laughs> and he's kind of going on all these tangents. And then at the three hours, he starts tying on the tangents. Yeah. Like, you're like, that was planned? It just seemed like you were, like, just talking. He's a master, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So he is definitely one of the best. Chris Rock was probably, like, a huge, for me, was probably the guy I watched the most when I first started. I loved that he could, like, talk about the world. Right. And it was not preachy, mm-hmm. and it was funny and silly. And he would just, like, take a topic as, like, like you know, starving children or, war and he would make it funny and you wouldn't be like you wouldn't feel guilty about it but it would also shed a little bit of light on it right so i loved that you could do that uh, richard pryor um david tell oh yeah david tell was like a guy that's great writer mitch hedberg was huge when i first oh, started yeah. that was like he died like maybe did you like, see him i did get to see him oh, so he came to awesome. my college it was so awesome and he was reading out of his notebook oh. and i remember like i would just start doing comedy maybe like a year or two mm-hmm. So I felt like I understand the struggle, you know? Yeah. I was like, I get it. And yeah. he was reading out his notebook, and there was some, like, kind of, like, frat guys that probably listened to his album, and they were shouting out for him to do stuff from the album. Like, oh, do no. the Slippery with Frog joke. Yeah. And he's like, do the joke you just ruined, or something. Like, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, don't yell. He's like, you just yelled out the punchline. <laughs> and it was, like, cool, though, because he was, like, he did some of his classics, and he did some, like, great hits and stuff that was polished. Then he opened his notebook and just started reading his thoughts, and it was so cool to Damn. see someone that you looked up to just working trying out ideas. Yeah, like reading a thought, not getting laughed, and bailing on it, or reading a thought and it killed, and it was like, oh, he just read that. Yeah, it was just a thought that was funny already. Did any of those ideas get to like the next album that he did? Or I don't know because it was so long between right. like. And, like, you know, I listened to all his albums so many times that I can't remember when it was when I heard it. Yeah. The only thing I really remember him saying, which I don't think I ever ended up in an album, and I, I probably will butcher it and it will sound so unfunny now, but I thought it was just so simple and brilliant. He just read it out of the notebook, but he was just like, pineapples look like little mini stunted palm trees or something, <laughs> something like just so simple and yeah. just like... He just said it and then didn't say anything after. And you just slowly saw the audience kind of like all thinking about it, just laughing. And it was like, it's not even like brilliant. Yeah. It was just like, sometimes he had these like, and I think Hannibal Burris is like that too, where they just say like a thought and it's so perfectly worded or like, and it's just like, yeah, that's the kind of dumb thoughts that just come into your head as right. a human. Great. Yeah, it's like something that everybody sort of like has thought about so at yeah. some point. Yeah, and you can't really recreate. You know, you can't really tell the joke over because it's like, you know, like something, something like Hannibal too. Like Hannibal could just be like, "I like potato chips." Yeah, and you're like, "That's hilarious." <laughs> <laughs> like those guys, especially like they have their own cadence. It's yeah, just like they find so their cadence, and, and it's a very like cerebral where you're like it feels like the they you their voice feels like the voice that's in your head. Right. Like when you're just thinking about the dumbest thing. <laughs> yeah. <in life. laughs>
No, you mentioned you saw him with a notebook. I saw Sarah Silverman like a month ago, and she just came up on stage, and we thought it was going to be like, you know, her doing like a polish routine, but she just came up with a notebook, and whatever didn't work, like she'd just go back to the notebook and just cross it out or write a little note next to it and just flip the page. And we're like, dang, this is so it's cool. It's so cool, yeah. It's awesome, yeah. And so just to wrap it up real quick, uh, a couple more questions. Sure. Um, what's like the worst set you ever, like the worst bomb you ever did? Hard. I feel like I block them out. <laughs> and usually there's not like... I feel like the worst stuff is usually very uneventful. Like yeah. I'd rather be bombing and have like a heckler that's like yelling at me because then there's like something to break the silence. Like the worst shows to me are the shows where it's like it's just not going well. Like yeah. Everyone's watching. No one's being rude. They're watching you paying attention. They're giving you their attention. <laughs> And you're just not funny. <laughs> I like That's very like on you though. Like, yeah, you gotta have the heckler to like I would blame me. Yeah. Like, well that guy was yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my like, Everyone was drunk and they were shouting. It's like the worst when it's like a polite crowd yeah. who's watching you and you're like I think like maybe like recently I went up to like Tahoe. And they have an improv up there and it's a great club, mm. but like I don't know, I was just not hitting it that week. <laughs> And I would just have these shows where, like, there wasn't really anything wrong with the crowd. And I would, like, go to, like, hit a punchline. It's like, da, And just dead silence. And you're just like, <laughs> this joke works. Usually, <laughs> what do I do? They hate And you just start thinking, they hate me. They yeah. really hate me. And then you just, like, autopilot. Tell your jokes. That's my time. Goodbye. <laughs> so, yeah, this is very uneventful. The worst ones to me are uneventful. I'd rather have, a, like, a one where, like, a guy... One time I had a guy be like, I said like, oh, my dad's Muslim. And he went, boo, boo. Really? Like, it was a horrible set. Where was that at? It was in Newport. Oh, He was wow. like this like, weird racist fisherman kind of <laughs> guy. And it was crazy because no one was paying attention. Wow. It was like a band. My friend was playing in a band and I dropped off his sound equipment because mm -hmm. he let me do it for a show I was running in yeah. college. And he goes, hey, you want to do a set in between our acts? And I was like, eh, that's kind of, <laughs> he's like, and he introduced me anyway. And it's like a room full of like, like young, like college hot kids that are just like there to dance and have fun and drink. <laughs> and they're like, "You guys want to hear a comedy show?" And they're and they're just like, rah, 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 and like no, no response. <laughs> and he goes, "It brings me up," and no one's listening. So I'm like, "It's already sucks. No one's listening." And then I say the Muslim thing, and like through the sea of like just like no one listening is this fisherman in the very back of the bar drinking a bit. A boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Are you Muslim?" And he's like, "No, we hang them, we take them out back, and we kill them." And I was just what? like, "Okay, um, you're racist." <laughs> like, so then it was just like, but I was so alone at that point. Yeah, like, a sea of people that were there, but no one was listening. While this guy was like telling me that he the like most kills Muslims, and like, I was like, "I don't want to do this." And I actually just like it was one of the only times where I was just like, I like just didn't. And I just walked off. <laughs> I think I did like two or three minutes of jokes, and he was like, "Just why we kill you? We hate you!" And Jesus. I'm looking at everyone else, and it's just like guys and girls, just hot guys and girls talking to each other, trying not to hearing up. the crazy. Yeah, like. I'm like, Are you guys not seeing that this is like a really racist thing happening right now? And, and then like I got off stage and I walked through a door, and he opened the door. I saw him. And I made eye contact with him. I'm like, I was so scared. Yeah. And I looked at him, and you could tell. He had no idea it was even me. 
Really? He just was like, oh my god, it was not, it was like nothing, you know, it was blackout like, drunk. <laughs> yeah, or like he just, I maybe he didn't even see who I was, but it was like there was this moment of like, oh god, he's gonna like punch me or or stab me or take me out back and, and shoot do that me. thing. Yeah, and he just said. like was indifferent. <laughs> he just, That's so strange. Like, drunk guy just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> What's like something like? Do you have like a coping mechanism if you have like nights like that where you're like like the one in Tahoe where you're just like, oh, it's all me. Like, oh, I'm I'm. Do you so, bounce I, back pretty quick? I don't. Or? I'm like that's my 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 kryptonite. Mm. I've always been jealous. Like one of my best friends, Tim Bargulish, one of the funniest comics. Yeah. Like, so weird. I used to do sketches with him called Uncle Mustache. He watching him bomb. It's like better than watching him kill and he's great but when he's bombing he's like just having fun it's like more fun to him yeah. he thinks it's hilarious <laughs> that, like that the joke bombed and he, yeah. he'll bow and he'll like go like curse splash and like <laughs> I'm so jealous like, when I'm bombing I'm just like everyone hates me why do I do this <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed now <laughs> Yeah, I got. I mean, I slowly get better and better, but it's still like I've never felt like tough enough to take the bombs. I feel like that's like most comedians yeah. that just take it all to themselves yeah, and yeah, take it to hard. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Greg Hahn before? No. Oh, he's just he's a great guy, and like he'll just do the same thing. Like he reads some of those jokes at the end off a cue card, and if <laughs> they do bad, like he's like golden and just throws it back in the box, like keeping it. Yeah, and just, I like, wish I like had that. that. I'm always like, you're right. <laughs> I'll never say it again. <laughs> <laughs> when you're trying out material like does, do you know how long it takes before you're like oh, this works or this doesn't work um, if something's like very funny to you and you take it up a couple times to workshop it and it's not fully there it yet it depends on like like uh, where I'm at and like my confidence and like moods like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have a joke and it won't go well but I'm like I don't care that joke's gonna be funny yeah I'll tell it over and over again until I figure out the funny part right and sometimes there'll be like times where I'm just like you know you have like moments in your life where you're just like kind of not confident and you're just like you'll tell an idea once it won't get a laugh and you're like it's dumb it's still i'm never dead again yeah. so yeah i kind of but like when it when i do stick with it and it's a joke that doesn't work right away it'll take like a lot it'll take a lot of times just like rewording it saying it because you know usually usually the gem is there yeah if you thought it was funny you've done comedy for 10 years like you can't be too wrong. Like, right. So if you thought something could be funny, it probably can. Just think of the right way to say it to other people. Like, they're actually, right now, there's this joke I'm working on. I think I did it in the hour about ice cubes. Like, the machine where, like, why is it so loud? That joke, like, I knew, I really liked it, but I couldn't figure out a way to, like, make people laugh with it. Right. It's kind of getting there now. You're really good with the, the sound effects. <laughs> it's just like perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I like switching it up, too. It's like, this the, is just a noise. It's the funny. ice machine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you also did the the crow flying oh, lessons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very much in the same vein as the crow one. I actually, like, the crow one's the one I've had the most fun telling the last, like, year or so. Mm. And uh, I was, like, kind of like, I want another joke where I can just, like, make noise and make people laugh. <laughs> this is very satisfying. You're yeah. just going like, bah, 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 and people are laughing, and you're like, oh, this is good. I don't have to be clever. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, I always do a little last question where it's like, a hypothetical, if, you know, a studio came up to you today and 
gave you X amount of money, where would you would do with it? And where would you see yourself in like 10 years if you could predict your own like success? Well, would right you? now, something I'm really excited about that's not Dead Kevin. Mm-hmm. Dead Kevin would definitely be like a contender yeah. for like money. But uh, I'm writing this movie uh, with uh, my friend uh, Kirk Vanderbeek, who's this really uh, great screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, where I'm like a, a, a mute. I can't speak. I really like getting into like kind of physical stuff. And yeah. Buster Keaton kind of like homage to that. Uh, and so yeah, right now that's like I, I would I would make that in a heartbeat. That's awesome. Yeah. So movies is probably something. Yeah, you're movies. In. I I definitely prefer movies to television. I think like television's great because it's like a real steady job. And, right. But I prefer like doing a thing, moving on from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you like all those like short like Buster Keaton and Chaplin. Yeah, I and... love. I mean, I love Chapl- Chaplin and Keaton, but like this lately, I've just been a little bit more like on this like Buster Keaton kind of like I want to like kind of like him and like also uh, not that he's like Buster Keaton, but um, Gene Wilder. Like oh, yeah. I just like these like kind of like soft, sad guys. Right. That, like I don't know. They really draw me in. And so I kind of like that, but, like, I also love, like, the physical stuff, so it's, like, the character can't speak. Right. And, yeah. And Lloyd, like, all those, like, old yeah, classics. Yeah, exactly. Like, those ki- I'm, yeah, I've been obsessing over Keaton recently, too. Yeah. Like, I just think he's so uh, great. I, I feel like he was, like, so ahead of his time, because he was so subtle for, like, And it's still funny. Like, where, like, hilarious. He had to go, like, you had to mug so big that the person watching could understand that you did something. Right. He's, like, doing almost nothing but he's not yeah doing you can if you watch it like he's reacting but so subtly it's so simple for back then it's crazy yeah <laughs> no those guys masters love those all right well i think that pretty much wraps it up well, oh, thanks let's for go thank awesome. you so much for doing it and had a great time talking to you awesome thank you very much